Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Thursday to everybody. Remember, we are on Zone TV. So Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, however you want to join us, join us there. Cousin Mark, always in the discussion. Tower. Um, We have uh, USMC Drew, who says, we were talking about Tennessee and Kentucky. Would Tennessee beat Kentucky or vice versa? He said, ain't going to happen. UK is a way better football team. Mm. Talked a lot of Tennessee Vols in the first hour. We're going to, I mean, college football season's right around the corner. We'll continue to do that. right. Actually going to talk a lot of alls coming up with uh, Doug Matthews here in the next segment. Yeah, Dougie Fresh. So I think he's been... uh, Perspective. uh, No doubt. I think he's been nosing around Knoxville too, Blaine. So he might have some like boots on the ground perspective. Did they have a scrimmage today? I believe they did. Yeah, yeah, they might have a scrimmage. Oh, man, you know those scrimmages. Oh, man, they're just so grueling. Oh, man, as a player, you're like, oh, scrimmage. Your own team, you just get tired of practice against them. Yeah. It's not the same. Scrimmage in the intensity... That in a, a real game is just, oh, it's night and day. Night and day. Scrimmages are always tougher to me. Ugh. Well, and Coach Mack was on with us earlier this week, and he brought something up. He was telling us the Titans were into, they were doing some call-it periods. And he goes, meaning none of it's script. Nobody knows what plays next. They're calling the plays live. You know, you do stuff like that, that ups the int- that's more intense for everybody. The, I love those times. Boy. Because uh, I used to let loose it. Oh, oh, okay. That is like a real game. Yep. And you mm. can feel it. If you're uh-huh. standing at practice and everybody's yep. getting a drink of water or whatever, and they're like on the hop and they go to the next period and it's call it and it's live. Now, they're not out there trying to take each other's heads off hitting. No. But they're playing as hard and as fast as they can play in practice. And it's all unscripted. So it's like you said, it's as close as you can simulate to a game out there. Yeah. And when we say scripted, you know, a lot of people may not understand. They already have, like, the play sheet already down on offense and then counterpart of defense. Now, the players may not, not actually know the the plays that are going against each other, but you're understanding that it's scripted. So, you know, whatever you're doing may make it tougher for you on defense or make it make easier for offense or vice versa, make it tougher for the offense, and the defense will be a little bit easier depending on, on the call sheet. So, And then you're always breaking down different type of scenarios and periods of a, of a game that you can't really practice. Uh, you know, so that's always fun and exciting because it's not the general, you know, same thing over and over, just different periods. 11 on 11 and 7 on 7, it brings new excitement when, all right, offense over there, defense over here. I mean, it's about as much as excitement is if, like, the kicker kicks a game winner and they go, whoever, you know, loses this one, is going to be running after practice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of that kind of excitement. So, fun excitement, but at the same time, you're preparing and getting your uh, yourself ready for an actual game uh, through eye discipline and scenarios for every position, which is uh, always key to your success in, in playing fast. How much – the Titans do some drills, not like anybody who ever played that had the Oklahoma drill, like ever, if you ever played football or whatever your team called it, lineman, 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 you know, whatever how, whatever configuration. If you ever played football, you did some of that. The Titans do um, – and, and it's more of a thud thing now. And I've, I've seen them do a little bit beyond thud at times, although not any of the practices I've been at this year. It's just been more of a thud. But you're back-to-back on go. So this is an individual period? In, in individual against individual. So it'd be like you as a safety against mm-hmm. me as a running back. Mm-hmm. And you go back to back, they blow the whistle. You each run around a cone and come right. back. And there's just a, like a short space you've got to work within. Yeah. And they're not trying to blow each other up. It's, it's more thud or, mm-hmm. or touch. You like smack them on the hips. 
how much of that kind of stuff did you guys do? I imagine you, obviously you did a lot more hitting because you wore pads twice a day. Mm-hmm. How much individual stuff like that versus you versus one guy and you were actually trying to hit or tackle each other? Well, we, we did it every day. The uh, individual was individual drill. The whole concept is everybody's an individual for a certain amount of time. Usually it's about 20 minutes. And when you're talking about everybody at your position group, you're probably doing something like that. You'll probably get two reps, two reps. And I, I think that drill is very beneficial. We didn't do that drill a lot, but I love that drill. Yeah, I love that drill because it teaches you angles. You gotta have to. It teaches you where to put your feet as a defender, how to get your feet and when to explode. Whether you're tagging off, you're thudding up, uh, which is using your shoulder pads and bringing your arms. Uh, and also, you must understand where your help is. And that really was one of the things that really perturbed me if I got in the game. If a guy's outside, and so I know he's out there on my side, on my team, on defense, and I'm coming inside out, and I'm forcing him to you, and then all of a sudden, you jump inside to miss, to, so a guy can't block you. So now you basically ran, me, you ran into me and blocked me. I'd be like, what are the heck are you doing? And not in that kind of vocabulary. And it, it, yeah, so it teaches angles and everything else. I I love that drill. I love when I even watch it. Yeah, you know, like, you know, because sometimes you can say, oh, he would have missed him. And sometimes you say, oh, nah, he would have got him. I think the drill I was watching, one of them was Rashawn Evans. And I wasn't sure if he could have got him or not. A lot of people saying he would have missed. But I wasn't so sure because he was close enough. When I tweet him and McMath. Right, right, exactly. And I go, well, in a real game, he would have, he didn't have to dive, but he could have got off his feet and he would have tackled the guy. So, you know, even though he cut inside, but the one thing I don't like about what Evans did is you play inside out. And if he beats you, make him outrace you. Right. Mm -hmm. Make him outrace you. And that's the part he's overplaying. And that happens in a game. You become overly aggressive. It's something that you must learn to be patient as a tackler. Trust me. It didn't come overnight for me either. It probably took a couple of Barry Sanders shakes right on the road when I was a, a you know rookie that uh, in his last year they're like uh oh I gotta slow down and be patient let the runner commit then you commit and then you must play inside out take a side doesn't matter what side you take take something away the real elite players you think you took it away and they'll act like they're gonna go the opposite and then they come right back to what you thought you took away Emmett Smith right there well You've mm-hmm. talked a lot about, like, hey, man, use the sideline. That's a whole other man. defender. Mm-hmm. Or when a team is working near near the goal line in the red zone, I, I don't want to mess this up, but me, just make make them throw over you. Yeah. You know, because the field is so short behind you. You, mm-hmm. you talked about this in a game. Just make them throw over you. It's almost well, impossible. Well, to would it take that to the next level? Why are you backpedaling into the end zone? The goal is to get past that line you just backed up. So if you're on the five-yard line, do not move. Put your heels and stamp them right there at the edge of the goal line. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then make them run around you and them throw over the top make of them you. Run ar- that's it. Make uh-huh. them run around you. Yeah. Yep. So then now the accuracy in that space is, is hard to do. So you got to have a long, tall guy that can get up mm-hmm. to go get it. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, I saw – uh, Dory do that. Uh, he was coming back from injury. So sometimes you lose sight where you at. Sometimes like the, the middle of the road is like, if you're at the 15, 
And so now you're backpedaling probably about three. It's a field thing. And then you go, uh-oh, something has to break right here. So stop. Stop there. When I don't mean say stop completely, I mean get your feet moving, ready to move in, out, or turn around, you know, speed turn, and go for the fade route. Do not, if don't let them run a, a post route and then you're outside leverage and then it's a touchdown. That's another big boo-boo for me. Everything is inside when you get in the red zone. Make them go outside. I don't care if they call cover three. Be smart enough to play inside. Because you cover three, they can still get the scene post senior. Mm-hmm. Get right there low inside. You have no shot. Touchdown. So, no, you take the inside away. So there's a lot of uh, things you have to go through as a player and you end up doing them. And some of them is coached and some of it is not. But through your experience, through your time playing, you got to know what you can get away with as a player. These guys are so elite and so uh, great as athletes. You got to find that happy medium where you can make plays too at the same time. Well, I just, I, I love that inside stuff where you've talked about this and dice too. And by the way, we'll, we'll be doing uh, thanks to our friends at, at Lee company. We'll be doing pre and post again this year before Ooh, and after starting tomorrow. No doubt. Uh, Titans talk back presented by Lee company after the game where you sound off on everything. The three HL are going to handle the uh, pregame stuff for us tomorrow. But it was fascinating because you said, I learned over time. Like that's, that's like having another teammate mm-hmm. just out of bounds. Okay. Or out of the back of the end zone. That's, that's help. Just make a except, guy. You know, except if it's Randy Moss, he can just go up there and moss you. It, it, right. Freaks <laughs> like him don't count. Or just like you said, and I couldn't remember the other thing. You said, I would make guys run around me because by the time you've done that, you've messed up the timing of everything yeah. they're trying to do. Hopefully your, your, your front four can get there or blitz or whatever right. you got going on to get there. And so I said, it's about the, the timing. It, pressure with DBs, oh, man, you don't know how much that can help a DB or hurt a DB and expose you because you can't. Guard these guys. Uh, you can't hold as much as you used to. There's a, you know, it's an offensive game now. So you're you're battling to survive and not get beat more than anybody else, uh, really. Uh, and you have to believe that you can make plays and become an offensive player at defensive back now. That That's it. Got to be able to make plays because you will get beat. Yeah. There's no way around it now. So, yeah, hopefully uh, the Titans will be beating more people than they will be getting beat. <laughs> I, I'm so fascinated by what this defense is going to do this year. I, I'm just fascinated by it. I, I cannot wait to see what this defense does this year. Oh, by the way, it's not like some of the players will have practice against Arthur Smith. There's going to be a lot of players that hadn't practiced against that offense of Arthur Smith. So what are we expecting? Even in a preseason game. Well, I'm expecting a whole lot of starters maybe to not play, but oh. I, but, but I, do, I do want to see what happens. All right, we'll lot? get into that more at the end of the show. When we come back, though, UT Talk with our buddy Doug Matthews. The coach is going to join us. You don't want to miss a minute of it. He's been in Knoxville, it's my understanding. He knows what's going on. We'll get all the latest on the Vols next, the Brian Maurer situation, and more with Doug Matthews, Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Really, really, really pumped to have Coach Doug Matthews joining us weekly. That's right, weekly on the show. Just so excited. I know he started last week, and I was out, Coach. I'm sorry I missed the first segment, uh, but happy to have you this week and every week brought to you by uh, the great folks at the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, and uh, they want to remind you of some things anytime Coach is on. This is our opportunity to tell you drunk you makes bad decisions. 
So make a plan before you party. The Tennessee State Highway Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Coach Matthews, how in the world are you? Doing very well. Uh, hope you are. I know Blaine's always doing well. So good to be on with you again. Coach, I've had Blaine all fired up today. We're just talking about like how he got up for games and things like that. Let me ask you, because people don't, if people don't know, they know you as a coach. You're also one heck of a football player uh, as well. How did you get yourself psyched up on game days? Like, what did you do to get yourself in the right frame of mind? As a coach? No, as a player. Oh, as a player. Yeah, he was a good uh, – This we're talking oh, I to no, – I, I didn't know what you were asking. Yeah, big-time running back. What did you do to get yourself psyched up as a player? You know, I, I just really loved to play. There wasn't anything I had to do to get psyched up uh, as, a, as a player. Now, part of that was because uh, I was a quarterback primarily and through high school and junior college, and then even though I played defense one year, I was a running back, so – it, it is easier to be a skilled position player. There's no doubt about that. But I, uh, I actually enjoyed practice. Uh, I really did. It was, uh, uh, it was fun for me. I knew from an early age I was probably going to be a coach. Certainly knew it all the way through my playing career. And uh, but it was, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I really did. I, I enjoyed practice uh, when I was coaching. Also, I, I really enjoyed the practices as a coach more than I did the games. Mm. Well, you coached under the great Johnny Majors, uh, September 11th, Pittsburgh versus University of Tennessee. And if you know Coach Majors' history, you know he made his mark certainly at both of those schools, the Johnny Majors Classic. It made a lot of people smile when they heard about that. I'm sure it did for you as well. Well, what a great uh, decision. I think this uh, was probably started being talked about several years ago when this game was uh, was set. Uh, of course, Coach Majors at that time was alive, and uh, it, it didn't make it to, to this one, but Believe me, he'll be greatly remembered. I, I had the opportunity to go up into the Pittsburgh, well, in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh area with Coach Majors recruiting a couple of times. Uh, and believe me, uh, he, he always took an opportunity to spend. I love to stay in big old hotels. I, mean, I don't know the name of the one we stayed in, but it was downtown. Uh, it was downtown Pittsburgh. And uh, we went out that night, had dinner, a few other things with some of his buddies. And believe me, he was uh, he was he was like Chuck Noll up there in, in 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 college. He was extremely well thought of, and uh, obviously came to Tennessee and and had a rebuilt the program at Tennessee and got it going strong again. And uh, I'm, this this is a perfect game to do this. And I would just imagine the way that they do things up there that this will be quite the honor for. Uh, for the Majors family uh, and, uh, and for, for, for Coach Majors and his immediate family. No doubt. Coach Doug Matthews joins us on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Coach, uh, naturally the scrimmage was today. Uh, I guess give us, uh, you know, your overall view of what, you know, you, you thought you saw and, and didn't see and maybe what you wanted to see. Well, kind of interesting. Of course, I uh, one of the reasons they let me come to these scrimmages is because I don't talk a whole lot about individuals right, or things. Of course. But there certainly are some things to discuss I normally kind of feed off what uh, what the head coach says afterwards. I did hear what Coach Heupel had to say. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I drove up there this morning. The morning was a it was a morning practice, morning scrimmage, and uh, it was ended early enough that I have actually I'm back at my home in in uh, Brentwood now uh, <laughs> doing the show. So nice and caught caught you all uh, coming coming in and heard of uh, the the whole show so far that. That you all have done, but uh, I think a couple of things that kind of stood out, and I again I don't know exactly what Coach Hypel said, but I can I can pretty much nail it. I think pretty pretty much defensively, uh, I think 
uh, well, I was surprised at how well they look defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, in good uh, good positioning, you can tell they've really worked hard against that uh, that no huddle offense. And and let me just simply say this: I don't know. I went up last spring, kind of watched a little of it. I don't know what I expected from a tempo, but whatever it was, it it was faster than even I thought. They mm-hmm. run plays quickly. <laughs> I mean, really <laughs> quickly. Uh, and but defensively, I thought they really played well. Uh, they went pretty much ones against twos. Now I'm sure they don't know exactly who the ones are and who the twos are on both sides, but they got a good idea on probably 90% of the positions. Uh, and what stood out, uh, Blaine, and and I know you'll know this from early early practices. You know, offensively, they and we, if you've been watching any of the uh, any of the uh, video that UT sends out uh, to to some of their website partners. You know, they throw passes against air, then they go seven on seven and skeleton and they against air. And then they got a better day and there was some pass rush. They weren't allowed them to hit the quarterback, but I'm going to say pretty, pretty conservatively on both sides of the ball, you know, with both off, uh, off with both defenses against both offenses. Uh, I'm going to say there was maybe eight or nine sacks uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the quarterbacks, and this is normal. You know, they're not used to getting the ball out of their hands. And when, when pressure comes, uh, you know, they hold it a little bit longer because they can in practice. That's what's so important about having scrimmages. Really, it's, it's more important for, from a quarterback perspective, I think, than, than any other position. It's important for all of them, but particularly the quarterback position. They'll correct that. They went with all three quarterbacks. Uh, and I think it looked like they got pretty equal time. They did the same offensively both ways. Uh, um, both, both, uh, you know, with all three quarterbacks. Uh, I, I don't know what their stats are. Sometimes down a distance determines that. But looked to me like they uh, they got a pretty equal, uh, pretty equal time all three of them. Yeah, I'm looking here uh, from some of the the quotes. I'm just now seeing some of them uh, from from Coach Hypo. He just said, you know, kind of reaffirming what you're saying is I don't think offensively we strung things together like we needed to. Uh, so would you say this was a scrimmage where the defense won in totality? Graded, I, let me put it this way, Blaine. If I was a defensive coordinator, I would be very happy with what I saw today. Now, you're always going to have the caveats. We've got to get better than this and right. that. But remember, they, uh, they, they could potentially start uh, very easily. They could potentially start uh, four senior defensive backs and, and three senior defensive linemen. So they got some experience over there. So uh, I think that uh, uh, from that from that perspective, uh, you know they they got they have talent, uh, they have uh, they have they have some senior leadership. Again, I thought they lined up very well, uh, and offensively they've uh, with Calvert now being out, you're, they're going to have to move some guys around the offensive line. I'm sure they don't have that all set, but uh, defensively, like I said, I was I, I know Coach Heupel had to be pleased with it too. He he knows he's going to have a good offense. Yeah, no and doubt I think about most, it. Most Tennessee fans that follow this program know that defensively, where coming in, it appears that's going to uh, going to be the problem area. Uh, this was just one scrimmage, but uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I, like I said, I was uh, I was very encouraged. If I was if I was coaching that group, I'd be very encouraged from what I saw out there because they were flying around to the ball, they were lining up, they uh, they got good pressure from their up front folks, uh, and uh, it looked like. Uh, they they have maybe eight or ten younger guys that hadn't played much in this first scrimmage that, that, that looks significantly better than what I saw last spring. 
Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. They got those reps, and now they have that experience, and you know that leads to confidence. Well, with Coach Doug Matthews, and one more for me, and that is everybody wants to know, you just said three quarterbacks, so I'm assuming Maurer wasn't out there, and what is the anticipation of what's going on, why he's not out there? Maurer was not out there. Of course, he missed the, the practice uh, the, the practice prior. Uh, guessing, I did not even ask. I talked to four or five of the coaches afterwards, didn't even ask, but Blaine, I don't, you know, anybody that's been around, <laughs> you don't have to be around it. I think it's pretty apparent there that, right. that probably we we knew that of these four quarterbacks that there was going to be uh, maybe one uh, of them, maybe two that leave. And uh, I think probably Brian Maurer, not, certainly not official, hadn't heard anything to tell me anything different, but I would think that he's probably going to be uh, the, the first one that, that will leave. I, I would not be surprised if not another one, although I, I – I, I don't know that for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, with Coach Doug Matthews. Coach, how soon do you think until they name a starter? And I know they there was a timetable hinted at from the very beginning, but, but how long – I guess realistically you would want somebody to have just won this job and you'd say this guy's a starter, he's getting all the number one reps. I would imagine they want to do it as soon as possible. When do you think they will do it? Well, the, game, the first game is three weeks from the, tonight, as a matter of fact. So that gives them 21 days. They'll probably use uh, 19, maybe 18 of those as actual practices and take off. Normally, the rule of thumb has always been, I would suspect it's going to be somewhere around that date, uh, that about 10 days before the first game. That's when you, you, have, you know who your travel team is going to be, and your travel team is going to tell you who the rotational players are. And then the players that have not made the travel team or the rotational team, they're the ones that go down. And, and we all had to go through this at some point uh, and, uh, and be scout squad players or be the demonstration team. That's normally uh, 10 days before. Uh, like I said, I, I, I really believe, barring injury, probably of their 22 starting positions, they got 19 of them pretty much set, I would guess. Uh, the quarterback position, I think, is still going to be a little up in the air. Uh, it is very clear. I heard you all talking about this. <laughs> I had not actually seen Milton in person, but uh, it's easy Huge. to see why they brought him in. He's got a strong arm. Uh, he's a big guy. He can run. He's already graduated. He's going to grad school. So that means if he doesn't want to go to class, I'm not saying he doesn't want to, <laughs> but if he doesn't, he probably won't. Uh, going to cram a lot of stuff in there too. I think Hooker may have already graduated also. So, uh, uh, they, 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 uh, Milton is a tremendously talented player. If you just went on talent alone, uh, you, you would have to say this guy can probably play a lot of different places. Now we know you just can't go on talent alone on that, but he's uh, he's impressive. I thought Hooker looked good and, and, and Bailey threw the ball. Well, I mean, all of them, uh, you know, they protected him. You don't know what's going to happen, uh, when, uh, when it's not two hand touch, uh, but uh, but all three of them had, had their moments in this ball game, and, and the two in particular, Milton and Hooker, look so athletic. That's not Bailey's game. Bailey's uh, Bailey's a guy that's going to have to stay in the pocket. Uh, but I'll remind folks that that's what Mac Jones was last year at Alabama. So you can you can win and you can win big, still in today's football with a with a pocket passer. It's interesting, Coach, because a lot of times, especially in college football, if you've got several guys vying for the spot, well, one of them's always some hot shot freshman that's never played a game. That's not the case at Tennessee. Even Maurer had started games. They all have experience starting college football games at the highest level. 
Absolutely. Uh, Hooker, of course, at Virginia Tech and, and Bailey, uh, I don't know exactly how many he started over the last couple of years, but he uh, he certainly played, uh, you know, a good amount. So they've all had playing reps. I think they all know what to expect. They all know they all know what this coach wants. And uh, whichever one of these guys or hopefully two of these guys, I guess hopefully you'd like to have all three of them, they're going to be able to really run this offense because once you see this thing, we see it on TV, and but once you see it in person, I mean, literally, they try to get that ball snapped in six or seven seconds, and that's almost impossible to do. You know, you got to get 11 – offensively, you got to get them set for one second. <laughs> so that only leaves you five or six to get them there. But uh, I would say whoever can do that uh, is will have the inside track on this. One, one thing I wanted to mention, too, I'm, I'm sure that uh, the coach was positive about this. Uh, there was not a single ball laying on the ground because of a fumble, not m- much less lose one. Uh, they really protected the ball well. I don't recall an interception with the first three quarterbacks. There might have been one that I missed. I don't think so. Uh, so there was – you know, there's there's so much positive, and and even though you always talk about being aggressive, the first goal of every ball game, and it starts in, in practice and in scrimmages, is to not lose the game. Don't give the ball, uh, you know, uh, don't give the game away. Uh, I got to believe he was really impressed with that. But there were some good hits on defense. Uh, there were there were uh, some good hits on uh, on 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 after catches, and those guys held on to the ball, and that's uh, that's that's. That's really a, a, a huge part of, of, of winning from an offensive perspective. Coach Doug Matthews joins us on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline here on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah, Coach, so you telling me there was a lot of physicality there on both sides of the football. One side that we've been looking at, and that's the defensive side, is the position group of the linebackers. How did they run around and move around out there? And Did you see anybody at the linebacker position that you say, uh-oh, this guy kind of just stands out. He's a little bit – or some guys that stood out and made some plays that you thought were uh, worthy of uh, discussion. Well, certainly uh, Mitchell and Mohan, the two transfers that came in from an athletic perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, looks to me like Mitchell's a little bit ahead of Mohan right now. Mohan, is, is he's kind of a, a tweener guy. He could play the nickel position. Uh, and He's also a redshirt freshman, much younger. That's the one position that uh, on defense – I think all – well, the whole – you put quarterback and uh, and then linebacker on defense. That's the position that they're really going to have to have to struggle with a little bit. I would not be surprised at all if, if the Garland youngster, uh, Kwame uh, Garland, who was uh, uh, you know his big brother's a defensive tackle, he was a walk on. They put him on scholarship. Would surprise me at all to see if he, he if he doesn't start uh, in this this first ball game. Banks Banks has looked good. Uh, you know, if I had to be perfectly honest right now, I, I would say if, if we can be average at linebacker, hopefully we can be better than that. But if we can be average at linebacker, that that I'd probably take that right now again if I was I was coordinating this group. But thank you know they got they got some bodies there: Banks, Beasley, Mitchell, uh, you know, Mohan and, and Garland. I'd say those five. But I was I was really impressed with Garland. Uh, and I just kind of counted him out because uh, he was. I thought he was there last spring simply because they lost all those players. But he he right now I would say is one of their top two top two linebackers. 
Mm, no doubt about it, man. That's good stuff. Uh, I guess on the offensive side, let's talk about seems like they're really deep at running back, but they're young. Uh, you know, any comments on the running backs and how they looked out there in the scrimmage today? Well, I think that's going to be a really, really good position. Uh, we we all what the, saw what Small could do last year. This junior college player, Evans, good-looking player. Uh, I mean, good-looking player. And if there is a position that you can come in from junior college and play quickly, running backs one of them and wide receivers the other is pretty easy because that's easier. It's not easy to play. And I think those at right has looked good. They're the smaller backs. And then Beckwith, uh, he'll be the guy that's going to come in and hammer them. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Looks to me like they're a good, solid four deep there. And again, I want to emphasize the fact that all of them protected that ball, ran with good body lean, didn't lay the ball on the ground, and they had to have maybe 80, 80 snaps or so, maybe, maybe 100. Uh, to do that in the first scrimmage is, uh, you know, I coached that position for a long time. That, that's impressive. No doubt about it. It's lastly for me, Coach, and, and that is, after what you saw today, do you feel optimistic that, like, winning six games is is really capable? I mean, th- this is a solid team. They're not as bad as people want to, you know, think about, you know, everything that's happened with all the turnover at coaching to to players. But I, I really believe, uh, I think the sky's the limit. I think they can win six or more. Well, I, you know, I don't like to to to, to say, you know, I, I don't even kind of look at it like that. Here's what I'll tell you. This team won three games last year out of the 10-game conference schedule. There's no doubt in my mind this team is going to be much better coached that game day. And uh, if you look at this schedule, and even when I was coaching, you say you don't, but you kind of look at them, there's certainly some winnable games there. The the Even though some of the teams on there, uh, you know, Missouri supposedly going to be better, Kentucky better. They're not significantly better than Tennessee if they are better, in my opinion. So what Tennessee needs to do is is they need to win the games that they should win, and there's probably three or four, maybe five of those, and they need to to win a, a couple of the other games that, that they're probably going to be toss-up ball games. And then, and a lot of Tennessee teams, I've seen a lot of Tennessee teams do this, they, they need to win a game or maybe two of, of, of teams who probably uh, have more athletic ability than they do. But one thing that helps them, I believe this is the only time, I, uh, Charlie Anderson, I was visiting with him in the scrimmage. Of course, Charlie, is, that's who the Billy's named for up there, he and his family. Tennessee got eight home games this year. I don't think Tennessee's ever had eight home, com- oh. eight home games. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, eight home games gives you an ability there, too. So, uh if they if they continue working like they're working, if they uh, if if they line up and play what appeared to be a very disciplined scrimmage to me today, I, I think they're going to have a chance to to uh, surprise some people. Numbers I don't know, but there, there's there's teams out there that Tennessee can compete with. There's teams out there that t- Tennessee should be better than. And uh, if, if they will win those ball games, I, I think they'll have a. It, it will be a successful year from a win loss record. Coach, great stuff. We're looking forward to every week catching up with you again, courtesy of our friends at the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you same time next week. Can't wait. Appreciate Good it. Nice to see you all then. Appreciate it, Coach. Yes, sir. Coach Doug Matthews. Every week, can't wait to talk balls with him. When we come back, uh, there's there's so much going on in Houston right now. 
And then there's stuff going on in Jacksonville that I need you to explain to me. Like, why are we living a lie? <laughs> They're living a lie. That's next. Explain to Mickey. Why? The lie. All right, Blaine and Mickey. So the AFC South, you won it last year, Titans. They got to win this rascal again this year because everything is just burning to the ground around the Titans in this division. Now, I, out out of Indy, like people reporting Carson Wentz had this procedure. He had no limp. He showed up at practice earlier this week. No boot, no nothing. And there's Chris Mortensen says like his time frame is just really speeding up. Yeah, yeah. Now he's week one. He's ready to go. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Oh, I believe everybody's it. time frame is great till it's time to go out there and have somebody step on your foot again. Uh, would you find him and step on his foot in the game? If I had opportunity, I'd do everything I could to win the game. Okay. <laughs> you can leave it at that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know the if they end. still play this way today. You might get a fine if you step on a quarterback's foot. <laughs> you make it look like you didn't mean to, right? I'm sorry, dog. Uh, I might have helped him up and step on his own foot to help him up. <laughs> just, Put all your weight on his foot and then pull him up because yeah. it looks like you're helping. Oh, I like that. Old Jedi mind trick there. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. They're saying now he's trending towards week one. I- I'll believe that when it's week one and he takes snaps. Here's the other stuff that's going on. So Deshaun Watson has been sort of practicing. He does the thing where he comes out and does individual drills, which is using first two, three, four periods, whatever. And, you know, the, you jump over your cones and you throw it to receivers and whatever. But then he goes in. He goes in after that. And every, well, I mean, he's done that the last few days. Because yes. They said he was injured, like calf. Right. Wink, angle, wink. Injured right, for a whole week. He didn't do anything. Right, right. But show up in the building. Well, today he got more medical attention. I, wink, wink. It won, yes, they were looking at more things with his legs, apparently. I think it's just so they can send him in for good until this gets resolved. They need video of someone looking at him on the sidelines. And then like, oh, yeah, this, yeah, this doesn't look good. But uh, that dude walked by camera. Think about this. Supposed to be the nicest guy. Well, let me phrase this. Before all this happened, greatest guy ever, right? People say, Deshaun's the greatest guy. Maybe he is. But he does have 22 pending lawsuits. So who knows who this guy actually is? Well, today he walked across the same field that he walks every day. In the media, they just tape him walking. And he said, why are y'all always filming me every day? It's the same something that rhymes with pit. And then he just like shook his head and walked away. I mean, he's become not only a, maybe he's not a distraction to the team because they know he's not going to play and they just do what they do. But he's cussing at reporters now while he's walking by. No, he didn't cuss at them, just about them. Maybe. Yeah, well, he his response was a cuss word. He didn't re- actually verbalize. No, he didn't. Them. He didn't cuss them like you s heads. Yeah, right. But he said it's the same s. Right. Well, just, what they're supposed to do? I mean, they're they're saying that he's still here yeah. every day. And I'm as I said in the beginning, I thought the NFL put them in a tough spot by not putting him on the exempt list or or something to that effect, uh, so he doesn't have to be there. And the talk is about him every single day, and he's not even actually really participating in the practice. No, and so guess what? All the players have to answer questions about them, and it's it's, it's not their fault. Uh, so I I I totally disagree uh, with this one here. And maybe they are. I didn't even think about that, Mickey. They are trying to come up with a way where he's not on the field, and maybe they tell him don't then show up on the field at all, and just always just come to the training room, and right. we'll just say you're getting treatment on your calf, ankle, whatever it may be. 
uh, just to keep, you know, things uh, settled down uh, until uh, hopefully some resolution is here, whether he's with the team, you know, at home or on another team. Yeah, and I, I think it's hard to trade him at this point. It'd be selling as low as you could possibly right, sell because right everybody now. knows that. He and so and his lawyer, they got to get this stuff resolved so everybody hey. can move on. They got to. I mean, yep. I don't know what he wants to happen, but they need to make something happen, get it resolved. And he's there because he doesn't want to get fined fifty grand a day. So it's probably what he's paying his lawyer a day. Yeah, so he's, like, he's like, like it's a wash that. right now. Yeah. And the other thing is, and then I'll ask you why we're living a lie. They tried to oh. switch. I thought that was it. You no, know, you have no, no. That's a, that's a lie. That is absolutely living a lie. They also did a thing where they told the reporters it's not training camp for us anymore. Well, when training camp ends, you can't have the same access to the team. It's part of the collective bargaining agreement. Oh. Media, de- they tried to tell them it was over, and so so they couldn't like watch practice or anything anymore. So they so, th- they were trying to play the media as ding dong. Yeah, so they went. The media went to the NFL and was like, they said no, no. So they, they have to keep operating as oh, it's training camp. But they tried to just end training camp media coverage, even though it goes on to like the end of August almost. I mean, they tried to just say it's not training camp anymore. Well, I mean, they know uh, some of these reporters have been around for a long time. They've been tell that like, to John McClain. Right, that's what I'm right. thinking about right now. He's like, really, Aaron Wilson? We'll, right, we'll, we'll stop this right now. Okay, well, let's make a phone call and we'll have someone call you guys and let you know that that is not true. And they did, and they did. Okay, here's the lie we're living. Urban Meyer. Oh, oh, says it's an open competition between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew to start the season up. Now, why are we living a lie, Blaine? Why would they lie? I've got the answer. It just hit me. It really, it just hit me because I didn't know you were asking me that. Because he's trying to up the ante on Minshew's trade value. That is the (laughs) only thing that makes any sense. Everything else is nonsense. The fans are going to go crazy if, if Trevor Lawrence is not it. out there. Won't do it. Uh, so, Minshew. We don't. Minshew madness. Time for us to take this madness somewhere else. 3HL coming up next. Tomorrow, there's a Titans football game. We'll talk about and, that. And there's a game tonight. Two games. And the Field of Dreams game. And Lucas. Oh, my. Hit this quick on the way out. High school media day coming up. Yeah, at party foul. Will Bowling and I from 7 to 9 following 3HL. Cool Springs. Looking forward to it. Yes, uh, yes Cool Springs. Boom. Yeah. Peace out. You're welcome. See y'all tomorrow. Peace! Bow, 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 bow.